On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Punters Postmortem. Luke Marlow with you today. I hope you had a great weekend. Managed to find yourself a few winners. 13.53.53 is the open line number. If you'd like to join myself, Chris Roots, Glenn Munsey, or Dean Lester on this morning's show, where we'll discuss all of the action from Caulfield, Ranwick, and anywhere else you'd like to talk about. Flemington raced yesterday as well. It was a super weekend, wasn't it? Uh, Animo, brilliant again in the George Main Stakes. There's been a little bit of news in the wash-up that he had some lameness. We'll see if there's any further news in regards to Animo and how he's tracking post-winning the George Main Stakes at the weekend. This morning at Ramwick, the two-year-old trials are underway. I've just seen a filly by Russian Revolution uh, go very nicely for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Her name is Perfect Proposal. She looked very good uh, in winning her trial. We're also racing at Grafton today. Tanya Thomas is with me in the studio. Good morning, Tanya. Let's get these Good morning, Luke. Yep. Good morning, everyone. Looking at Grafton today where the weather is fine. The track is a good four. The rail is true and there are 32 scratchings. The first race is at one o'clock. Take out from race one, double Coco, number one. Two, he's the king. Four, no love lost. Twelve, spiel and the emergency, 15. One, two, four, 12 and 15. Race two, number one, Lion King. Five star diamond, seven dozen Kilpatrick, eight field of stars, and the emergencies sixteen and eighteen. One five seven eight sixteen and eighteen. Race three, number seven, Renwick, then the emergencies sixteen through to twenty. Seven, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Race four, number six, another spirit, number six. Race five, number five, has a lake. Eight free spin and the emergency 15, 5, 8 and 15. To race 6, take out the emergency 15, number 15. Race 7, number 8, Edge of Darkness. 9, My China. 10, Byron Eyes. 12, Razzle Dazzle. Emergencies 16 and 20. 8, 9, 10, 12, 16 and 20. And from race 8, number 2, Achi Baba. 7, Sinapari. 13, Feudalist. And 16, Mahomes. 2, 7, 13 and 16. Luke from race 8 at Grafton. Thank you so much, uh, Tanya. As I said, those trials underway at Ramwick this morning. The two-year-old trials, always exciting. New recruits, a lot of expensive colts and fillies out on show there this morning. We were chatting champions this morning on the BSB cross, and Rusty, I, I, I have given myself an uppercut. Uh, we forgot to mention Maccabi Diva until late in the morning, talking racing champions. She was one of the greats, three Melbourne Cups, and we've been blessed in the last two decades with some of the top-class horses that we've had, uh, Winks, Black Caviar, all in the space of 10 years. We've been very, very lucky, and now we've got this great horse, Nature Strip, the likes of Animo as well. Plenty happening in Australian racing. Let's say good morning to our panel. It is Punters Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Let's get down to Melbourne and say good day to Dean Lester. How are you, Dean? I'm well, thanks, Luke. How was the racing over the weekend? We had a, a double. Well, we backed up quickly, didn't we, with Flemington yesterday and Caulfield Saturday? Yeah, the theme was the weather uh, interrupted both meetings. Uh, we had the violent storm through... The Caulfield Guineas Prelude won by half cabin and uh, it changed the whole scheme of the day really 
And again, yesterday at uh, Flemington, we were halted by lightning, so it was a, a bit of a break there. But uh, yeah, some impressive winners over the past couple of days and look forward to seeing what the listeners thought of them. Absolutely. And have you had a review of Sydney yet? Uh, keen to get your thoughts on some of the runners out of that meeting as well. Yeah, well, I, I think the uh, the moving story is Animo. Mm. Uh, obviously got the job done on Saturday, but uh, certainly there was an element of lameness straight after the race and that's never a great sign. And uh, and the three out of five lame that the uh, Racing New South Wales vets deemed him to be. So, uh, you know, that, I think he's the big story of it. The, the evolution of Nature Strip, I think, is just remarkable from that precocious sort of horse that we didn't know what we were going to get. Now you can just trust that every time he steps out, he's just going to put out some, some sort of performance, and he did again on Saturday. He's an amazing horse, and he's been very well handled, not only by James McDonald, but uh, Chris Waller, as you said. He, he takes a sit now. He's, a, he's the ultimate professional. Chris Roots has been out at the Randwick Trials this morning. He is a part of Punters Postmortem today as well. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Luke. Morning, Dino. Um, bit of a big shoes to fill with, um, for a duff this morning, but um, what a great day at Randwick. We got to see the two best horses in the country do that, strut their stuff and win. I think Animo's win's even better when you consider what we found out after the race. He gets mashed those wait for age horses he, he could have won by further he had a feeling and then speaking to James after after Nature Strip he, he said after Animo he thought well no I've got something to live up to well he did that and more than he really looked like the the dominant king king of sprinters he is and um, just reiterating what you guys said Chris Waller has been a master with this horse it's taken four years and he's now getting getting on in age but he is just the perfect racehorse and it's going to take a good one to beat him in the Everest. Yeah certainly will. We'll unpack both of those races and more on this morning's show. Glenn Munsey was at Ramwick on Saturday. How are you Munz? Very good thank you Luke. Good morning to you. Good morning to Dean. Good morning to Chris and all the listeners and uh, I said to the the boys on Saturday I think one person or maybe a team of people that don't get the respect and the accolades regarding Nature Strip is whoever pre-trains it. Um, and he's, he's gone back into a paddock, uh, went back into a paddock yesterday. Uh, I think it's at a property at the Oaks out near Camden Way here in Sydney. Well, whoever is in charge of getting him ready to let him go back into the stables of Chris Waller, I, I think they've done an outstanding job with him. If you had a look at him on Saturday, he looked like an oil painting on Saturday. When you consider this is a horse having his first start back in the country after he'd been to England... Um, and he's getting ready for, you know, the, the Tab Everest in another month's time. There's always a question mark regarding him second run back from a spell. Now, Chris has had to do, I'd say, something completely different to what he's done this year for the Tab Everest because he's going to go into the race second up from a spell where he traditionally goes backwards off his first up run. So I'd say they've changed the way that they've got him ready for the Tab Everest this year. How did the track play on Saturday at Randwick Glen? Did you see it as a fair track? I, I did, Luke. I didn't think the jockeys wanted to stay away from the inside, particularly when you look at the head-ons in the straight. Probably the closest horse to the fence in most races was probably four off the fence. Duff brought up a very, very good point on Saturday. He said, OK, no one, nothing went near the inside last Saturday. Why don't we leave the rail true there for next Saturday? Mm. 
But I think it's you know basically set in concrete that we will move the rail out probably four metres uh, for, for next week, and then you know uh, may bring it back in for Epsom Day. I don't really know, or, or leave it out there, and and you know looking forward to you know Tab Everest Day. But uh, yeah, I, I thought there was no disadvantage to where you could be. You had horses making ground on the inside. You had horses making ground. I, I still don't think you're in. You, you want to get really really wide. Yeah, understand. You know, pass probably, you know, 8, 10 off the fence. Um, and that's basically where they've pushed the rail this morning for the uh, for the two-year-olds. The rail's out 14 metres there today. Uh, so if, if we get rain uh, in the next few weeks, that's going to be a place where I don't think you want to be after they've had the two-year-old trials on it this morning. Guys, there's so much to talk about out of, out of the shorts, so we'll endeavour to unpack it all for our listeners. Um, another point was the suspension of Bowman for not riding lost and running out to the line. Um, he's copped 13 days, but as we've mentioned, Nature Strip is the world's best sprinter, Dean, and he just showed up again. He showed that the trip overseas hasn't worried him. If anything, it's brought him on even more. He, he Is he is he hanging over the line in this Everest? Is it that simple, or is there a horse that could challenge him? I don't know where it uh, comes from, Luke, because uh, he's got uh, his old foes well and truly covered, I think, Uh Lost and running was very good, uh, and I think he's open to improvement. But uh, the way Nature Strip went through that first section and, and then just gradually built and put them away, uh, he's, uh, he's in great shape. And yeah, just reiterating the man management of, of this horse and, and teaching him what he needed to be. And uh, it's come together as an eight-year-old, but uh, it's certainly come together. And um, I don't think, unless... A horse like In Secret is freshened up and have, has a go. Is she the wild card? Other three-year-olds good enough anyway? Uh, I, I don't. I actually don't think so. But uh, yeah, she would be at least a wild card if we we're trying to find something um, to yeah, challenge him. Chris. Yeah, I just think he's in the end. He's the he he's the benchmark. I thought Last Crusader was pretty good over 1100 metres. I think he'll be better when he gets to 12. And that he jumped on Saturday was a big thing. I think that's that, that's going to be the big thing for him going forward. Is there any whispers, Chris, in regards to a deal being done with Overpass and getting him in, in that Everest, or is is that yeah, close? Do I, we know? I think, I think you'll see... They'll, they'll wait and see how he pulls up. Just he had a, a lameness, a one-in-five lameness problem there after the race that hasn't really got much garnered much attention because of uh, obviously what happened with Adamo so they'll wait and see how he comes through it through through it and I think there there'll there'll be a deal done within probably the next week or so it's a bit like the snap dancer situation where the slot holder wants to have the announcement like Ingus did and um, I think you'll find it'll be pretty similar with him the interesting one now is Bon Ho where he goes he'll he'll have to find a horse and um I think you'll find he might be looking at horses out of the uh, one horse in particular out, out of the Moyer on the weekend. So um, it's just going to be it's it gets to that interesting stage now where they've got to find you've got to find the the, rem, the rest of this field. But out of the race on Saturday, I really think Lost and Running and and Mars Crusader are the two that could challenge Nature Strip in a hard run hard run um, Everest. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Glenn on the other horses in the race, uh, lost and running. He was, wasn't he an extraordinary run? I mean, he was cast four deep, and he just kept coming. 
Yeah, well, I can uh, tell you uh, there was uh, a very, very uh, big black cloud over the office in George Street after Nature Strip won because it made was made the lay of the day by the boys, so that's seven of the last eight that have won. Uh, but in the other part of the office in George Street, there was um, streamers and uh, whistles and everything like that because uh, the tab horse in the tab Everest is lost and running. And uh, I can tell you they were very, very happy with what he did in the race there on Saturday. So, uh, you know, um, it's, it's going to be interesting now because I, I think we saw on Saturday what, what the, the main crux of opponents for Nature Trip is going to be. So those slots that are still to come, they've got to come from left field. And is it going to be out of the Moyer on Friday night? And Dean, Eduardo and Marzu both appeared to, to get ticks. Uh, both of their runs were honest. Yeah, I think so. And uh, Eduardo, but I think at 1,100 metres, that's his best chance. But uh, yeah, maybe he's building and, and they're going to have that one big shot at, at, at the Everest. And Marzu, he, he ran well enough. Uh, is, you know, is he just a wet tracker? Is he better? You know, will, how will he match up if we do get a dry track Everest day? They're the, the variables for him, but uh, yeah, got just that little bit of ground to make up, don't they? They certainly do. That's the shorts, guys. Um, we'll go to the George Main and, and talk about Animo. I read an article written by Ray Thomas in the paper this morning that there's been improvement. Good often have had their vet look at him since he pulled up on Saturday, and there has been improvement with this lameness. Obviously, it's concerning, Dino, but he is an elite horse, isn't he? Um, if he's done that race under a little bit of duress... To still win in the manner he did, he's a superstar. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to when you know when maybe the the uh, injury or the soreness occurred. Did it? You know, did he strike himself on pulling up? Even who knows? But uh, he got the job done. I thought it was a workmanlike win when he had to win the race. He was there to do it. Uh, he's been in two very very slowly run races, and they don't often help the the absolute best athlete in the race so I'd like to see him in a more truly run race uh, going forward but uh, at the moment he's, he's just getting the, the job done but uh, yeah I just I didn't like watching him come back to scale he, he trotted a few steps and then James McDonald was very quick to want to just walk him back to scale and uh, to me that's just a that was just a little bit of a concern that uh, all wasn't quite well even at that moment. Mm. It is a concern, Chris. We hope everything's okay with Animo. We need these good horses racing. They're good for the game. What the main concern is that why the adrenaline was still going, he was sore. Like yeah, usually exactly. it takes a couple of uh, uh, them to warm down to find find the soreness. The interesting thing was that Racing New South Wales vets vetted him three times, and it was only on the third occasion they found found him three and five lame. He got back to. Angus Banks there at Osborne Park and uh, the Godolphin vets thought he was about one in five so they were, I think um, they'll, we know he's going to get the best of care, that's the that's the thing with Godolphin they're not going to push forward with a horse like him who's now their best ever horse at group one level in Australia without um, without uh, going, going making sure everything's fine we won't see him in Sydney again unfortunately because it's not really a group one race for him and he's a group one horse now and uh, that's where he'll he'll head down to Melbourne, and I'd say his next start, if if he if he has another start before the Cox Plate, will probably be at Caulfield because he's got such a good record there. To Dino's point, I think when they put pressure into the race, he's going to be even better. Like I can I can see him I can see him now that he can sit on the speed, he'll be able to use his turn of foot and offer hard hard run race. 
he's going to be the one that's going to accelerate and hold the sprint for longer than any other horse. He's already shown that in, in, in Dash's home. He's going to be even better when they go hard up front and he can just peel off their backs and let go. Let's continue this Animo conversation. Sean has uh, called in. He wants to talk about Animo. Hi, Sean. How are you? What's your question, mate? Mate, if by some like tragedy Animo does pull up Laymore to that effect and it can't run in a cost plate now, which I hope that's not the case, don't get me wrong, um, is, how does that affect other horses? Do they do production down in the field for all the markets or is it the same amount of money? So, Glenn, I think what Sean's asking is uh, what happens in the Cox Plate if Animo comes out. If you've already backed him, I believe that's an all-in market. So if he doesn't run, um, yeah, your, your bet is a loser. Is that correct? Well, that's, that's yeah. the whole nature of all-in all in betting, uh, Luke. I yeah. know we've educated a, a generation of punters to believe that if you back a loser, you don't lose your money anymore. But, um, <laughs> well, that, that's, that's the state of the game at the moment. You're not, you're, you're not allowed to say you're back to loser and I lose your money. I think Sean was just I, asking, Munz. mind-boggling to me. He's just asking, Munz. Everything's okay. Just off the side screen there, Munz. No, but that's my personal opinion. I grew up in a situation where if you're back to loser, you did your money. And I understand. And it's a completely different framework now of the way that betting organisations operate. And we have educated a generation of putters to believe you're not allowed to lose money if you back a loser. But all-in betting is exactly that. It's all-in at all times. And it's the, it's the risk that you take as to get your horse, A, to make the field. We had the situation on Saturday with the Group 1 race in Melbourne. B, it's got to start and see it's got a win. There are factors there that all have to be ticked in a line for you to collect. And that, that's, that's, that's it. That's why they call it gambling. There is a risk involved. It's written and authorised by Glenn Munsey. Yeah. Yes, of the used to be old, uh, the old, punt, old style putters association. Munzi, you're taking the lay of the day winning again a bit harder, you mate. You're a bit fired up. <laughs> no, it, it, I think it's an absolute beano for punters. It gives them oh, it good. gives them a bank later in the day. I know a lot of people just wait for it to come along. I know poor Timmy, you know, he, he's had a bad enough month. The rooster's getting beat and then, you know, the, the lay of the day <laughs> keeps winning. So he, he had to have a week off there for a while, just a stress leave. And he comes back and uh, I said it on Saturday. If, well, if you're going to lead with something, you might as well lead with your chin. So, Sean, I hope that answers your question. If he doesn't run in the Cox Plate, if you've had a bet all in, you'll do your money there, unfortunately. I'm Thunderstruck. Oh, you're on I'm Thunderstruck, are you? Yeah, I'm trying to find if he gets, gets copped in deductions, animate coming out of it. No deductions. No, no, no deductions, no deductions all in. That's, no, all in is, like, that, once it's in, that's the risk you take. You take a 100 to 1 a horse that starts evens, you're on it at 100s. But if it doesn't run or doesn't make the field, you've done your money. But the, the 100 to 1 you take all in is 100 to 1 to the day of the race... And you put your ticket in. There's no, there's no, nothing taken off that hundred to one all in. All right, perfect. Yeah. It's we... the same as if you bet all in each way, mm. and the field finishes four or three or two or five on race day. You'll get paid for the third placing if you've bet all in the place. Absolutely. So there you go, Sean. Whatever price you've taken, I'm thunderstruck. You're on. He will run at that price you've taken. Let's get to Cameron who's got a question for our panel this morning, of Dean Lester, Glenn Munsey and Chris Roots. Good morning, Cameron. Morning, boys. How are you? We're well. Go for it. Um, question for Dino, really, and I'm sure Root will have an opinion on this. The way the jockeys actually rode that chain of lightning race in Melbourne, how muddled runner it is, 
it seems to happen a lot down there. Does, is that a Melbourne thing or a Sydney thing? Like, I watch a fair bit of racing, and it just seems to happen a lot more in Melbourne. Like, I think Chain of Lightning is the front runner. It should have been run out the front and should have... I don't think it had its full chance. What is, what's your thoughts, Dean? I think she's gone better ridden with cover, but there was never going to be a chance to get that on Saturday. So I sort of agree with you. I think she should have been ridden like the best horse. And maybe she didn't handle the ground. Maybe she's at the end of the prep, but you would have liked to you know, seen, you know, find out, really. And the big, you know, the change in this race was the late scratching of Rain Bill. It was probably going to be the leader, and clearly so. So they, that would have run them along. It would have been a totally different race. But, uh, you know, you've got to adapt to that. And, yeah, coming to the turn, um, yesterday when we were on Melbourne Radio, uh, one of my colleagues said it looked like uh, they were scoring up at Melton because there was six across the track and there was like an imaginary mobile. There was just no no pressure in the race at all. And it was a 400-metre dash and Zapateo outdashed them. Mateo's got probably one of the best... It, it ran home in 33 in Sydney yep. and has one of the best uh, abilities to run late sectionals in races like that. And what happens in those races, when you lose the speed influence, the jockeys have to um, recalibrate what, what they're going to do. And it was one of those races where there was um, there was no... No one sort of said, right, there's no leader, I'm going to go out and take the lead and let drop, be the be the bunny for everyone else to chase. So it was one of those races. I thought Zapatea was pretty good. Like she's, She looks like she's ticked the Caulfield box now. So, you know, a race, she might not get to group one level in the spring, but there's a race called the Oakley Plate in the uh, in the autumn that might be right up her alley with um, a bit of speed and be able to use that dash she's got. Thanks for your call, Cameron. Uh, appreciate it. 13.53.53 is that open line number. There's a text here about top rank guys who won the Bill Ritchie on Saturday. Will top rank get an Epsom penalty for that win on Saturday in the Bill Ritchie? Don't be surprised if this is Annabelle's best horse. He was very good, Dean, and uh, he doesn't get a penalty, is my understanding, for winning the Bill Ritchie. He is uh, in the Epsom, and he'll be a live chance too. Oh, he would be, Luke, and he's flown a little bit under the radar after that very good Australian debut, but uh, don't be surprised if he's one of the best horses in the country, let alone uh, an Epsom chance. Uh, that was a terrific win on Saturday, and he wanted the win. Um, the The pressure was strong in the middle stages, and he, he just tracked up behind them. It was a great ride, but uh, yeah, he won well, and I think he's got a lot more to offer, and especially he gets over a bit further. Race set up well for him, didn't it, Dino, with um, so much speed up front. Um, and he didn't have... There wasn't much structure in the race for him to get through, so he could just go through his gears, um, build into it, which is a European thing, If uh, especially for European milers. They seem... They run in small fields and, and they build from... They build into the race. So as this race was run along, he was just able to ra- race the way he would have raced in Europe, and he was very strong at the end. I don't think anything behind him would would be considered an Epsom chance, but he's right there in the market and, you know, 55 and a half in the Epsom if the races don't, if the weights don't go up. Now, I spoke to, I've spoken to a couple of people about that. There's a chance they'll go up maybe half a kilo or a kilo, but um, racing New South Wales have to make that decision. And so uh, if they go up to 56 or 50, 56 and a half, that will help a lot of riders get rides in this race. So it's one of those ones where I think there's a lot of people waiting to hear what uh, what 
what the weights might go to. The, the only horse that might change that is Mwanga. It's got 56.5, but at the moment it looks like it's staying in Melbourne. So yeah. um, if we if we got a 55.5 top weight, I think you'll find they'll, they'll, they'll probably go up. But he's right in the race, but a lot more structure in Epsom where, you, where, where you're going to have to, you won't have as, an easier, as easy a run through them with 20 horses. No, it was it was like a European race that day, Luke, with the with the pacemaker. Oh, president was going along at a cracking speed. Was he what? I want to get back to your point, Dino. Um, could be one of the best horses in the country. Pretty big call, but um, gets me a little bit excited to to hear um, someone like yourself have that sort of opinion to to where this horse could get to. Well, we're a little bit thin on the ground, Luke. If mm. if you know, a little cloud over Animo, uh, yeah, Zaki's ticking along well uh, but uh, yeah he, he's he might only have to look to the next door stall to see who his main rival might be in a few weeks time and that's top ranked so uh, I think he, he could be a major player in the next few weeks absolutely that's top rank winning the Bill Ritchie on Saturday let's get to Mark who's called in morning Mark morning Luke what's your query mate morning guys I just um, had the best day on the punt I've ever had on Saturday and I've got well a question done. for Glenn um, Glenn, on Friday morning, I had a five-horse multi. I took Animo at two ten, Brigantine at twelve dollars, Half Cabin at two fifty, Zapoteo at five fifty, and Ingratiating at fourteen dollars. You like it the blue up, jackets? It came up four thousand three hundred and sixty-five point ninety to one. So I had it by ten times. I pressed the multiplier. And it actually it came up to forty eight thousand. When Ingratiating won the last race, I fell off my chair at the pub, <laughs> thinking I'd won forty eight thousand. When the payment came in, it was only twenty thousand and twenty. Yeah, we, that's because of all of the late scratchings that occurred. If you took two ten animo, you bet with Zaki in the race. So there's twenty three cents that comes out straight away, and I can't. I, well, Dean's going to help me more than anything else. I'm sure there would have been a stack of late scratchings uh, at Caulfield on Saturday. Things in the last race in Melbourne and the last, second last race in Melbourne. Yeah, well, yeah, in, well, in the boat was six dollars. The other horse was about seven dollars, I think, in the last. So that what's that, Muns? Well, little, you know, there's little, uh, little trim there. Yeah, there's a trim there, and and even. Um, well, Brigantine was $12, you said was $12 on Friday. Um, I've got Randwick here in front of me. Um, well, Superior was nothing. Dream Circle was nothing. Starman came out uh, Saturday morning. There's another eight cents. Uh, Zarastro came out. Did you, no, he came out Friday morning, I think, Zarastro. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's the reason. Um, you, you, you've got to cop the deductions. But, you know, the, the most, the, the biggest deduction there was, of course, you're taking 210. Animo, that was with Zaki in the race. Um, when Zaki came out on Friday, Animo became a dollar fifty chance. So it went from ten to nine to twos on. So you know the twenty three yeah. cents there, but that that is it. Deductions. That's why you, you've got affected there. Does that clear things up, Mark? Um, whinging and winning, I love it. Um, <laughs> that's what we do as punters. <laughs> the, other, the other thing was Dean, um, unique artist in the first. No one seemed to want him in the first race. I think Mark Hunter give him a run in fourth, but. Pretty impressive. Do you get the one, Dino? 
We might have lost Dean there, Mark. Just bear with us. We'll re-establish that line and get that question answered for you. What was the horse's name, Mark? Unique artist in the first in Melbourne. Unique artist. I'll um, yep. Yep, yep, go like for it, a, Dean. He seems yep. to like a month yep. between runs. Yeah, and 2,000 metres. Uh, six goes at 2,000, three wins, two placings. Uh, just seems to relish the 2,000. But, yeah, I, there'll be a race for her in a, a, about three weeks at Cranbourne called the Pinker Pinker, and I think that will be her race uh, going forward. So, uh, no, she's going well. Beauty. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Mark, for your call. Uh, we'll return to Melbourne at the end of the show. There's a couple more questions in regards to Melbourne, but... A few queries on the text line here about this T-Rose Stakes, and the guy, uh, a few listeners want to know which is the filly for the flight stakes out of the T-Rose. Uh, Dean Zoo gotcha. She won the race. Madame Pomery second, and Wolverine was third across the line. What were your takeaways from that T-Rose on Saturday? I like the determination of Zoo gotcha because she was in awful trouble at about the 300, uh, and she found a way to win. Uh, Madame Pomery was solid. Uh, Wolverine from back ran quite well, but uh, see, they were slow out early. There wasn't a lot of pressure in the middle and they were slow at the finish, so it's uh, uh, there's not a lot between them. It'll just come down to run of race stuff, I think, this group of, uh, of fillies that, in this group anyway, that if this is the the flight stakes group, uh, I think um, you know th- there's not a lot between them at all. Mm. Chris, uh, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Uh, do you think it's an even crop of three-year-old fillies this year? I thought Zoo Gotcha was pretty good there. But she was the only one that sort of kicked on from on speed. The other two come from back in the field. But um, it'll be interesting to see what Chris Waller does. I, I think he, he, he'd like to win two group ones with these two fillies. So uh, you might find... Uh, Zoo Gotcha will go to the flight and James McDonald will ride there. Um, whether Madame Pomeroy's in the flight or she waits and goes to Caulfield for the thousand guineas and and runs there there and tries to win, so they get get a crack at two group ones. It'll it'll depend. She might even run in a flight because it's ten days this year to the thousand guineas. So um, I thought she was very good, and I think she'll be even better at a better at a mile and um, very important owner in there for Chris one step S Waller. So. Um, I think he would have got, gone home and sort of um, uh, had a long debrief on, on, on the second horse rather than the winner. That's the T-Rose Stakes. And just to Dean's point, uh, Wolverine, she looked the in italics flashing light runner, but 73rd best last 200, 12, mm. 72. She wasn't exactly flying home on the clock, Dino. No, she wasn't, Luke. Uh, that's that's the thing. Uh, the, um, yeah. Certainly testing ground, but nonetheless, uh, off the speed they went early, uh, you would have thought maybe something would have uh, kicked on a bit more. But you know, Zuc- I like I like that Zugotcha wanted the win. That's probably as much as uh, you can ask of these fillies at this stage. Absolutely. This is Punter's Post Mortem on Sky Sports Radio. It's great to have you with us. We're talking Ramwick. We're talking all things racing. Uh, your calls, 13.53.53 and the text line on fire this morning. A um, couple of listeners fired up about top rank. One listener, he's claiming he's been texting for nine months about top rank. Don't forget how desperate Annabelle was to get this into an all-star mile. Pushed it uh, uh, one well on Saturday. So there, there we go. A few listeners on board with top rank. Uh, Dino, just to cap up on on him, uh, do you think he can win an Epsom? I, I think, obviously, the the way you were talking, um, you could you think he could even fry bigger fish. 
Yeah, I think he can win an Epsom, yeah, for sure. Um, with the, the, the weight scale that sort of Chris was outlining, uh, I don't think uh, I don't think that that uh, he'll be it'll be you know, fairly compressed maybe, and uh, he, he'll be pretty hard to beat. And Chris, uh, as I bring you back in, Chris Roots from the Sydney Morning Herald, um, we're hanging out for a few jockey announcements this week that I'm sure will be made public in the coming days. Um, it looks an open Epsom this year, and some of these key jockeys will be sweating on these weights being raised so they can secure rides. Yeah, it's going to be... That's that's the interesting thing. I think it's probably why a decision needs to be made earlier rather than later, but they've, they've got to wait to see what horse they'll... If there is a 56 or a 56 and a half, then they won't be raised. But it's one of those one of those things at the moment, talking to the ATC, they think that 55 is going to be the top... What, 55 and a half is going to be the top weight. So if that's the case, well, we probably have to go up a kilo or half a kilo and it brings um, some some horses that haven't got jockeys at the moment into the realm of um, some really good riders who haven't got rides. What is the panel's view on Fangirl? Does she need it a little bit drier? Um, She got a pass mark on Saturday, Dino? Oh, I think so. I think she's going well. I do think drier the better for her and she looks as though she's going to peak on the right day. So, uh, yeah, uh, she's certainly, uh, I think, good enough. So she's she's one of the main chances as well. Let's talk about the Kingston Town guys as we wrap up Sydney. Allegron won the race, defeating Benno, Knight's Order, Stockman, Shaw, Fire. Well, it was a pretty bunch finish, Dean, but this Allegron, he's a, a decent stayer, isn't he? Well, he's twice Derby placed, uh, fourth in the South Australian Derby, St. Ledger winner, and uh, he's just a good old-fashioned sort of stayer, uh, and he can find a way to win. I think Benno's a terrific horse. He just needs to get a win on the board. He, he runs well. Uh, he's just now got to run right through the line and win a race and he might peak more so on uh, in the Metropolitan and turn the tables but uh, Allegron uh, did slightly have his measure uh, Saturday back in the derby and uh, and, and I think will be uh, uh, you know, a good player in the Metropolitan and the way that Caulfield Cup is shaping uh, these horses would be uh, certainly should be considering running in the Caulfield Cup because it uh, it looks a bit thin that's for sure. Uh, I think James said on Saturday, uh, Allegron could be a Caulfield Cup horse. Oh, I think he should be, absolutely. Uh, Mums, he's the right. He's probably got the right sort of credentials. Uh, looking at what's going to run and and who's in the field, uh, and he's one of them. Uh, but uh, that you know, he, he should be taking his chance. I think he's um, he's also uh, thinks he's going to be better at a mile and a half, and mm. I think he's very aware that if he went and won a Neps a Metropolitan, he'd be. Um, uh, open to a handi- handicap um, increase in the in the Caulfield Cup, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him stick to uh, maybe 2,000 metres wait, wait for age or a Turnville next start because of the because of the way the weights are. You, you can't get penalties out of those sort of races. So um, and wait to go to a uh, mile and a half wet in a Caulfield Cup and races like that. James did mention that he's a Cups horse and he he's a very deep thinker about racing, James and. He does get it right a lot, and he he's got a lot of knowledge that um, people don't give him credit for because he did sit next to to probably the greatest cups trainer ever for for a few years there, and I think he he understands what sort of horse he needs for for a Melbourne Cup and a Caulfield Cup, and once he gets one, he'll place it very well and get it in on the right weight, and that's he's very aware of that with this horse. 
Yeah, there's a bit of quirkiness in the market when you have a look at the Metropolitan compared to the Caulfield Cup. For example, in the Metropolitan, Benno's a $4.50 chance and Allegron's an $8 chance. In the Caulfield Cup, they're both $15 chances. So that does that be... tell you that um, the Metrop's not on the radar for Allegron? For Allegron, yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. That might be reflective of where he's, where he's heading, heading runs more than where they sit because they, sat, they did um, go across the line in the derby very close together. And I, I think we're looking at that Australian derby. I think those first three over the line are, are three very good stays and unfortunately won't see Hidotsu. But I think the other two, might, we might end up uh, at the end of the spring saying, I wonder what Hidotsu would have done if he was there. Is, is Benno, though, a genuine stayer? I think he is, is Glenn. Don't be surprised if there's a change of gear there and some headgear goes on him in the, in a metropolitan. Yeah. I think think that there, there's some thought going to that that to get him a little bit keener, get him a bit closer. He he was right out the loop them on Saturday where Oleglon comes through them. Now his his one aim has been to win the metropolitan. That was getting him there. <laughs> They've got him there with a, a beautiful weight in 52 kilos and. Um, he, he's um, he's probably um, at the top of the market because that's been his one aim. You know, that's been the goal. That has there hasn't been any other thoughts of any other race. And you know, it's um, he's he's the he's at the top of the market for a reason. I think we've got to mention um, the Newcastle Cup as well because that changed the market a little bit on on Friday, didn't it, Glenn? Yeah, well, Durston's now the favourite for the Metro, but after he's, he'll be waiting for a penalty from Newcastle to bump himself up the order to be in the Metropolitan because at the moment he's equal 39th in order of entry. Uh, but he's a $4 favourite for the Metro. Over Benno's at four fifty. Allegron's next pick at 8 Then you've got Card de Noir and Stockman at $11 each or two. I think he's going to get around two kilos, two to two and a half kilos as the penalty for the Metro. But um, interestingly, I was talking talking to someone last night and they mentioned that he might be the first horse to get a penalty in a Melbourne Cup out of a uh, uh, Newcastle Cup for a long time as well. So um, that'll that'll boost him up the order there as well. He he looks a progressive stayer. Since they put the lugging bit on him, he's just gone to another level. He hasn't been beaten. Yeah, good discussion, guys. Um, uh, aside from Allegron, we would imagine that those horses you've mentioned, Benno, Knight's Order, the likes of Stockman and Shaw Fire, even no compromise, um, we would assume they're all heading towards a metropolitan. Which horse do you think has the edge? Um, I'll go to you firstly, Dino, in, in that metro. I don't think uh, you know, the Chris Waller group, uh, I don't think there's a lot between them come the day. Uh, I think if Surefire gets onto better ground, I'm not giving up on him. Uh, I think no compromise is going well. He's a bit of the under-the-radar sort of horse, but I think he's going along pretty well. But uh, the horse from Newcastle and Durston was has been terrific, as Chris said. They've really turned him around the, the win at Wyong, and maybe the the match with James McDonald really works well with him as well. He's got um, Kieran McAvoy for the for the Metropolitan. Um, with yeah, James not being able to get down there, not to the way. Uh, so um, not a bad replacement. Probably uh, the best ri- rider uh, over trips in the country, and can really rate horses really well. I'm interested in no compromise because they ride him up and then they ride him back. Back. They, they <laughs> seem to be able to. They seem to be able to put him wherever they want in a race and ride him in so many different ways. I personally think he's better ridden on speed, and I think his best runs have been on speed. He, when he's coming from behind, he seems to to be able to to get there close enough to be a flashing light horse. I think when he's on speed, he can be a winner. 
Mm. Well, they rode him forward that day in the Queen's Cup from a yeah. wide alley. He'd been the flashing light to start before uh, in the Ramwick race when he'd come from back in the field. And then in the Queen's Cup, Jay Ford just crossed from an outside alley, basically controlled the race and won. And he, he rode, they rode him forward two starts ago as well, Glenn. So, and he was, he, was, he was thereabouts again. So I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't a Metropolitan. He's the one that go, rolls forward, especially if he draws a gate because, as we all know, Chris loves to utilise the benefit of a good barrier. Great discussion, guys, uh, around that race. Let's get back to our uh, open line, 13.53.53. Lincoln has a query for us. Morning, Lincoln. G'day, Luke. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Uh, I've just got a uh, question for Munns about the Caulfield Quaddy on Saturday. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, so with all the scratchings, obviously, because of the, the downgrade in the track, I was lucky enough to jag the Quaddy and had 33.3%. I had a leg come out in the third leg, isotope. However, I already had the substitute in Chain of Lightning. I was just wondering... You get what it twice. Go up. You get the sub twice. You get you get the favourite. Well, if you're on the favourite, you get the favourite twice because you get yeah, the favourite that you've already taken and then the favourite becomes the sub for the scratching, so you're on it twice. Okay, can you, can right. you work just, that out? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, do work. I thought it might have had something to do with maybe... No third dividend or something like that. No, 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 no. No, but once again, you know, and I'm going to sound like a narc, you've got to realise... Not you, you <laughs> When you bet in whatever you're doing, whatever you're betting, your fixed odds, you're betting paramutual, you've got to know the rules that you're betting into. It's, it's, no, good, it's no good saying, oh, geez, I didn't know that. Um, they're very, very well explained. They're very, very well exposed. Is there somewhere so, people can find the muns if they? Yeah, they're on the website yeah. under okay. rules. Great. I know there's a thousand different rules, but there's a thousand different betting markets. But right. the substitute rule is probably one of the the most vocalised rules of anything, because uh, it always seems to come come into effect when um, when a horse in the market is scratched. And there's there's other people there that say. I think it's a terrible rule because I've purposely bet against the favourite and the horse that I was on mm. that I've backed to beat the favourite is scratched. Now I'm on the favourite and I didn't want to be on the favourite. Mm. The favourite wins, they, they don't tend to complain as much though. Yeah. Now, and if you can't find the rules, just ring Glenn directly on 041. Oh, sorry, sir. Just one thing on the substitute. Is it, is it one substitute rule at for all now, or, or do we have different substitutes for different bets? That's the that's the, one the, the big six quality and big six are different. To the sub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the thing that confuses people when they might might get yeah, a big six big and might six get the quality. Is the is the horse with the most investment, whereas the quaddy sub is the favourite. And if they're both equal favourites on the tote at say three dollars eighty, it is the horse with the largest dollar investment on it because with roundings and everything like that there will be a difference let's go to jason now uh, morning jason yeah good day mate go for it i just want to uh uh gunstock ran yesterday he's had a bit of a spell um what do you guys think about his uh comeback race yesterday at flemington in race seven uh, i thought he went exceptionally well uh he's had a long time off as he said from the derby last year when he got galloped on uh he's been gelded he trolled up really well but you just thought a day at the races would really improve him, but uh, he presented like a horse ready to win, and I thought he was nearly going to win it about the 200. Jamie Carr dropped her reins for a couple of strides, and it just cost him a bit of momentum, but uh, he ran well. The horse that beat him is in good form, unanimous, and uh, he'll 
certainly, I think he'll only go through the restricted grades or country cups this spring, but uh, I think Nick Price and Michael Kent Jr. will probably step him up in the autumn, but uh, it was a good return yesterday. He was, he, he, when he launched down the centre, I was on him, and he looked like he looked like he had the ones on the inside covered, and um, just those, just when Jamie dropped the reins, he just... Yeah. Just lost enough momentum that he couldn't couldn't get to um, unanimously, which was um... yeah. And he had sixty one kilos, and I think the winner we had race fitness and fifty eight kilos, so made a big difference. It was a good ride on the winner. It stuck stuck to the fence when every everything else went to the outside too. So yeah, you got to give track him, Ben Mellon. Uh, Craig Williams looked like he wanted to get there as well, but he just couldn't get quite there, and uh, and Ben kept him out. Beautiful, Jason. Thanks so much for your call. Is uh, is that everything? We're, yep, he's happy. Sp- Beautiful. We've Dino. spoken a bit about riders. What about the Hugh Bowman suspension? Uh, I thought Corey Brown articulated it magnificently yesterday on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Well, th- th- that's that's the, the completely different aspect of um, a, a journalist or a commentator like yourself, Dean, or myself commenting on uh, a particular scenario. There is a jockey. Yep. commenting on A, how to actually ride a horse, B, how a horse should be ridden, and C, the reasoning why Huey did what he did. You know, yeah. it, 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 the, horse, the horse's momentum is coming back to him. He can't physically upset that horse's momentum by forcing that horse, horse's head back down again. Well, we've all been on the wrong end of a, you know, the bob of the head photo, so we can understand that even if you haven't ridden them. And that's all it was. It, the horse was... On the next bob, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was an interesting one because we get so used to these jockeys being able to throw them at the line and getting it exactly right. Huey, Huey was a long way out there, and he had this horse. It, it, it was humming on the way home, and mm. and it was just, it was just that that um, right on the line. The other horse come down, he went up, and you know it's co- it's, it's cost him thirteen days. I, I, I would think that's. That's a little bit, a little bit harsh. I think. Well, it's I cost him everyone... thirteen days because he, he's he's been suspended for that offence before. He's been yeah. fined and he's been suspended, so he's got. Remember, he's got prior... I, I remember, I remember months with Winks. He 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 was a midweek at, in in Sydney, and he he didn't ride. Got done for not riding one out. I think he got a well, fine. Well, Chris, he didn't day. ride around to the line most of a career. Wings. Yeah, but um, this is the this was a midweek race when you, when he was going to ride a, a rider, and that was the that was the whole thing. But um, what Corey Brown said is exactly right. Like um, we expect sometimes too much of the these jockeys. Okay, he switched off, and that's why he he, um, he switched off a stride before the line, and that's why he pled pled guilty to the charge. But if it was the other way, he doesn't get a penalty at all. If he if he's if if Lost and Running's head come down at run second, he gets called in and they say, look, you switched off there, but you're lucky this horse is, um, hasn't won. It's cost the owners, I think, 100000 But, you know, I, I just can't see how it's a 13-day suspension. Uh, I think it's, um, I think it's you know, make sure, make sure he knows that he's done the wrong thing. But 13 days, I think, at appeal, it'll be interesting to see whether he can get a couple of days off that. And is that happening, Chris? He he will appeal He's the judge. He's appealing. I spoke to I spoke to Huey at the trials, but this morning, and he he he's um he's definitely appealing. Uh, he's appealing severity. So I think he'll he'll um 
he'd love to get back to ride. He's on zoo style in, in the Moya. He's got it. We're talking about planes because um, some of these jockeys, they're, they're going to be caught up in the um, uh, wave of Swans fans going down to Melbourne to win the Premiership. So um, hopefully they've all booked their flights to get down for the Moya because there's not going to be many seats left on Friday. So if there's any biomechanical scientists out there, you may be called upon to give expert <laughs> evidence at the... Uh, yeah, if you're not at busy the at the NRL tribunal or something. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. It's yeah. It was an interesting one, guys. Um, I can see. Like, I mean, the stewards have a job to do, and to play devil's advocate, the rules are black and white. You've got to ride them, them through the line, uh, right to the line. He, he sat up a stride before, but um, I, I, I agree with what Corey Brown said. was was a fascinating insight that it, Corey was of the view that no matter what Bowman did, he couldn't have changed the result. He couldn't have got the horse to run second because of the bob of the head. His head was coming up on the line uh, when he sat up. So that was a, a talking point, wasn't it? Luke, I don't think he actually he didn't as as in a classic term sit up like we say sat up. Half a stride, wasn't it? He, yeah. he he was just he just he just more switched off. He wasn't he was still pushing in the horse, but he just wasn't doing as vigorously as he as he was a couple of strides before. Which is the but the horse was in rhythm. So you know what can you do? You can't basically force its head down like Corey said. Yeah. No, I totally understand that view. Dean, a quick one for you in regards to a horse called Amenable. Uh, he raced on Saturday at Caulfield. He ran in that Guineas prelude. Do you think he's a Caulfield Guineas horse? What's your take on him as a horse? Uh, yeah, he could be because he drew the outside on Saturday. That was the race I referred to that was run in the hailstorm. Mm. And he was brave to come from back in the field because after Cabin was outside lead, clear air, he won the race. Uh the second horse cut through the field and, and was honest as well. But uh, Amenable had a lot to do. And Damien Oliver said it was nearly the worst conditions that he'd ever ridden in from back in the field. And you can see on the turn, he was virtually going to track through behind uh, the uh, second horse of Lloyd Kennywell's. And he, I, I think his vision was impeded. And he, he switched uh, two or three lanes wider, give the horse and himself a bit of clear air. And uh, over the final stages... He, he ran on well. I think from a good draw, he's the little sleeper in the, the Guineas field. I think at the moment it's half cabin and probably golden mile after Saturday are the top two seeds. Uh, we'll see a couple of them on Friday night in the Bill Stutt. I think probably Tijuana, uh, Barclay Square are good contenders. And then um, Amenable's right in with them. So, uh, yeah, I think if you're trying to work out the top five, for the Guineas at this stage, uh, he'd be there. Half Cabin was um, just trotting on the turn, wasn't he, Dino? He, just, he looked like the only one who was handling the conditions and mm. enjoying himself in the in the rain, where a lot of them were already off the bit, and just, it was just a case of times and margins from there on in. But um, interestingly, he come out of a he he went down there, and obviously he's a lot better on his Melbourne leg. He got beaten a maiden up here, and. Um, He's gone down there and he's done the job very well. And he looks—he looks another really nice horse for a Stern, who's—I um, think he's gone from not having too many bookings to almost a full book in the last week. And if Golden Mile can win a Golden Rose, I think that'll the the sign full will go up on a Stern as well. Another one I'd like to ask you about, Dino, is um, so dazzling. I thought um, Damien Oliver's ride on it was just unbelievable. Oh, Sat three wide the trip for. Paul yeah. Whitey, I spoke Brilliant. to John Sargent after the race and Ollie said to him, he said, with the rail out, it's a momentum track, so don't yep. get get too frustrated if I'm 
if I'm just rolling into the race, keep rolling into the race. And for a horse that's only had one start in Sydney, Sydney to go to 1800 and, and win an Oaks preview, it, it's it's got a lot of class, hasn't it? Oh yeah, she was to do that at her second start. I mean, you couldn't miss her first start at Warwick Farm the way she hit the line. But yesterday, totally different scenario. And as uh, Ollie explained so well, uh, when the rails out there, and especially when it was wet and it was getting wetter. Uh, he just kept, you know, bringing her into the race and cruising and, and letting her be a stayer. Uh, and, yeah, she's got a lot lot to offer. Um, I wouldn't give up on the good old from Philly there, Hyacinth. She's a daughter of Tavistock out of Purple, and she'd won her maiden at Echuca, and yesterday went back to the inside where he didn't want to be, and all the things we just spoke of are so dazzling. She was the opposite. She didn't get momentum. She was back on the inside. Uh, she hadn't raced for a month. Uh, I wouldn't be giving up on her. She could improve sharply, but so dazzling, put herself right in Oaks' calculations yesterday. I think I think talking to John, John, he's he's um, thinking of bringing her back to Sydney. He goes, now we're in the Oaks. We've just got to work out how to get there. So whether that's through a a ferial or or come back to Sydney and drop back to a McNinnesty or a or run in a gloaming. Um, could run the Champion uh, Stakes, don't we? Yep. Yeah, well, Champion Stakes be... is twelve days before the Oaks, I think. So. Yep. Yeah, but I think he, I think John's a bit of a traditionalist. He he might be thinking Wakeful. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's had so much success through the Wakeful. So. Yeah. She's a eight dollar equal favourite with She's Extreme Paris Dior there at fifteen dollars in the Oaks. Boys, any uh, any interest? Uh, I want to see a bit bit more activity. Uh, I want to see the probably the. The Melbourne fillies uh, will, will uh, probably more the Oaks fillies will run in the manifold in a couple of weeks. So um, yeah, we'll we'll learn more. But uh, that was a that was yeah she she's put the writing on the the, the wall with that uh, performance yesterday. Yeah, she's a beauty, and that was tongue in cheek, Dino, about Paris Dior. I think she's more of a twelve hundred meter horse, isn't she? <laughs> it, it's a bit most bizarre. Yeah, well, yeah. fifteen dollars. Yeah. Huh. Well, she's run she runs on the weekend, Paris Dior, and the Golden Rose, and. Blake Shin's coming to ride her, so um, good to see Blake back in Sydney, and hopefully he's had a lot of success with the Snowdens. I think he's riding her and Dynasties in the um, Golden Pendant, so um, the good thing about this meeting on Saturday in Sydney, it's probably one of the only times in the spring we see it now that all the jockeys can be in the one place at the one time, so we'll get to see everyone... On, at the same uh, at the same time, so all all the good Melbourne jockeys who can get rides can come up and take on the Sydney jocks, and we get to establish a pecking order. Because uh, the one thing about these extended springs is we don't get to see the best against the best too often, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing some of some of the Melbourne boys come up on the weekend. I think, especially Damian Lane, I think he's he's got he's got a real hope of winning the Golden Golden Rose on um, Jackanoe. Chris, just your mic there too. There's just some interference. I'm not sure if it's just rubbing on on something, but uh, that sure. better, mate. Yeah, that's better, mate. Thank you. Uh, so what we'll do now, guys, is we'll clear our last two callers. We've got time for two more, and then we'll do our horses to follow to wrap up the show. So let's get to Michael. He's got a promotional betting query. Morning, Michael. Hey, good morning. I was just wanting to go talk to Glenn, please. Go for Certainly, it. Michael. Oh, How are you? Yes. Yeah, good, thank you. Um, with this promotional betting, they have all like down to one to fourth and all that, and I've been playing that for a while now. And um, I rang up, but all of a sudden they put a block on me. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I can't get through. I'm not entitled to any of the promotions. Um, well, I think you'll find it's it's discretionary. 
as to to who it's offered to. Um, so you, you have been deemed, um, as according to them, not, I shouldn't say not worthy, but um, they've decided to not offer that to you. Okay. Um, I've, yeah. I've talked to all friends and that, and they all do the same, virtually bet the same as what I do, and nothing's happened to them, and I just want to, and I can't get any answer. Yeah, well, mate, I, I can't give you an answer because it's not it, it's not my it's not my call, for want of a better term. But you know, I, I would have thought if you're providing um, the opportunity and you, you're giving this opportunity for people not to, to back a loser and not lose their money, um, it, it's it should be open to all. But uh, that that's something that they're doing. They're they're, they're restricting okay. some people from not being able to partake in that offer. Okay then. Okay. Well, um, yeah. I just it seems strange. That's all. I can't do the lorry daily things. I can't do any. I don't get any. I've taken a multiplier off me. But okay, it's actually discretion. But I mean, why do they hand these things out and all of a sudden they put a block on you? Yeah, well, so above as they say, mate, above my pay grade. I, I don't know. I don't. Often, know. It's often if you back too many winners, so you must be going okay. <laughs> yeah, you're flying, Michael. Mate, thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to Graham, who's got a query about ice bath. Morning, Graham. Good morning, Luke. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Hey, I just uh, want uh, your thoughts on ice baths run on Saturday and if you've heard any reports after the race from the Brad Whitup stable about how she pulled up and where she might be heading to next. They're sure. just getting ready to present her with the Epsom trophy. Oh, you like it, do you, Munns? Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you think she went well, obviously, Munns? Second to Animo in that. I think she's gone outstanding. I I think she's one of the most underrated horses we've got who's desperate to to win um, a feature race. And I think she draws an alley in the Epsom, just present her with the trophy. She has run. She has run second in a in a Doncaster, second in a Cantalara, and second in a George Main. It's not bad mile form. And um, and weight phrase form back to handicap form. She's got fifty three and a half at the moment. She's got fifty three and a half, and and I, I. I know that she doesn't have a jockey at the moment. The, the owners are very keen to, uh, uh, very keenly chasing uh, a jockey there and uh, waiting to see w- what happens. They've got to find out whether he could be ridden uh, kilo over. So, um, if you, I think in the next 24 hours you'll find that there'll be a jockey announced and she'll be favourite for the Epsom. Uh, okay, all right. So when's that run? Two weeks, is it? Two weeks. She's seven dollars a tab at the moment. Yeah, all right. Okay, thank you very much. I was just interested how she pulled up and where she was heading to next. Thanks. I spoke. I spoke to Brad yesterday about her, and she he said it's the first time he's had an uninterrupted campaign with her in her career. And we're we're starting to see the tramway one was outstanding, and she was one of the only ones to make ground in the in the main George Remain from back in the field. So, I, he is very happy with her and. You know the frustration with her is that she hasn't got that big stakes win yet, yet. But I think um, I personally, I'm with I'm with Glenn. I personally think she'll win the episode. How's that sound, Graham? Sounds good, mate. I'll get on. Go get on, brother. I think uh, she's got a great chance, and keep an ear out for that jockey booking set to be announced in the next 24, 48 hours for Ice Bath. Let's go around the grounds and get our horses to follow from Dean Lester, Chris Roots. And Glenn Munsey on Punter's Postmortem today. What have you found for us, Dean? Oh, I'm only going to go with one, uh, Luke, from, and uh, because of the, the rain on Saturday, COVID, I'm going to Randwick. I think Montefilia will win her next start at 2,000 metres. Uh, I thought she did more than enough in the George Main. 
in a race that wasn't run to suit uh, 2,000 metres next time she'll be winning. I think that's going to be the Craven Plate too, Dino. So yeah, I thought it would be. I think yeah. she's staying in Sydney rather. She that's good. she'd have to carry a penalty in the um, in the Turnbull she, and yeah, I think she'd David, be badly weighted. Yeah, I think David wants to keep her here for as long as possible before going down. He's won a Durban July, David Payne, but I I've never heard a trainer more keen on a Melbourne Cup, and he's been planning this for two years with this horse. So she's a, she's one to really follow. She was she was she she steamed through the line on Saturday. She really did. And just on that race too, guys, we had a text about Dewis uh, earlier in the show. I didn't didn't get to it, but uh, the query was where we might see her next. And I believe the Turnbull is the aim, 2,000 metres back at Flemington for Dewis. Of course, won an Australian Cup over that track and distance. So keep an eye out for her. She looks to be ticking over quite well also. The pace just didn't suit her on Saturday, as we mentioned. I think they went like 14 lengths below benchmark in that George Main Stakes. Chris, what's your horse to follow? Well, I'm going to take a leaf out of Munzer's book. I'm, first of all, I'll, I'll, in the highway, I thought Hearn Court was really good first up, and I think when it goes to 1,200 metres next next start, um, it'll um, it'll be right in the, any race. You'll, you might have to look in the country or or another highway, but I think it's it's one to follow. I thought Ice Bath was outstanding, and I, I'd be following her wherever she goes next. And I'm I'm not giving up on Benno. I think I think. It, he he was a worthy favourite for, for the um, Metrop, and I was hoping that the bookmakers might be a bit, little bit more generous, but they they're keeping pretty much around the five dollar mark at the moment. Len Munsey, I'm going to the midway, Dave. Uh, Johnny Sargent's uh, galloper here, Essential Sky. He's back to back, very very good midway runs. Uh, Eighteen hundred back to sixteen hundred. Uh, Navajo Peak confirmed the form out of the Navajo the, with it running well in the same race again but she's screaming out now for probably a 2,000 metre so once we get in the carnivals we lose the highways in the midway so she's only a benchmark 60 horse so you know there's, there's a very very easy pickings for, for a midweek probably you know 2,000 metre race or, or similar for her a central sky and to a lesser extent I think purple sectors come back very very well for a horse to put in two good efforts both on rain affected tracks which is not his forte I think that's a a sign that he's come back better than he has uh, for a while purple sector thanks for that Glenn should I let it go guys or did you hear it Dino Chris what was that? Munzy called me Dave. I was, I was going to let it go, did but Munz, oh, come did on. did I? Oh, sorry. Sorry, Luke. Right, no. <laughs> it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade for you, Luke. Well, anyway. you know. Oh, right. Oh, oh that's, just, you know, that's, that's rude. That's, that's you're, rude. You're, you're, you're both the junket king, so, you know, Dave being on another junket today, um, you know, it's just de rigueur, you know, for one of the two <laughs> can of sniff out a, He of... can sniff out a trip where there's a schooner involved, can't he? Yeah, I mean. Oh, yes, he can. He can. Yeah. That's all right, Munz. You should hear what I call you off air. <laughs> oh, you, should, you should hear what a lot of people call me off air. So I'm on air. Uh, just speaking about that, the Tab app was updated uh, at the end of last week, and I know a lot of people uh, will have some frustrations with it being a new app and the things like that, but up, update your, your app and the, the Tab app. There are different features there. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, made a little bit easier for you to have a bet. Oh. I had a little bit of a play with it yesterday and uh, looking at different things there and also uh, the Play Central feature there to whether you want to watch on Sky 1, Sky 2 or Sky Thoroughbred Central or tune in to us here on Sky Sports Radio or uh, you can tune in to 4Tap Radio as well via the Tab app. But that's been updated, so update your Tab app now. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. You had a play with it yesterday, Munns. You, you like it? Yeah, we're told, uh, I, I don't. Um, 
I don't have a bet through it, Luke, because uh, oh, I was bar- I was barred for that long. I wasn't allowed to have a bet through it. So um, it's just. But uh, I, have, I was with my son yesterday afternoon, and uh, he was knocking them out, backing winners at um, the Sunshine Coast and Flemington and the like. So he was very happy with it, and um, uh, just to find some information wasn't too bad. This just the way they set out the information is a little bit different as well, uh, so, particularly so in the you've sport. Been from, you've been banned from, from promotions as well, so. Um. <laughs> Yeah, Michael, he was flat about the promotions. Can, oh. can we get him back, Muns? Poor Michael. Give him something. Give him something. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him your number, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, fun we as always. Back winners. Good on you, Chris. Uh, fun as always. That's been Punters Postmortem. Big thank you to Dean Lester, Chris Roots and Glenn Munsey for this morning's show. Boys, you have a great day. Thanks, Thanks Luke. Luke. Dave. Yeah, good on you. Good on you, Nick Quinn. See you, guys.